his little infant heart was made to pump the blood that would wash away your sins. And our text this morning says that you can participate in his blood through the cup of the Lord's table. You're listening to the Holy Joy Sermon Podcast. Visit us at holyjoys.org to find more resources for a holy, happy church. Jesus is a prophet and more than a prophet. He's greater than Moses or Elijah. He is a priest and more than a priest, greater than Aaron or Melchizedek. He is a king and more than a king, greater than David or Solomon. And all that we now need or ever could need is found in this child, this son of man and son of God, this prophet, priest, and king. I don't know what your need is this morning, but I know this, Jesus can meet it. What I've hoped that this Advent series has done is helped us to see the scope of Christ's work. He came to atone for our sins, to die for our sins, but he also came to proclaim God's word, to shine the light into a dark world. He is the word of God, spoken by the Father, as our priest to to rise again, to ascend into heaven, to present his offering to the Father, and to plead our case and mediate for us always. He lives to make intercession for us. And as our king, he's coming to put every enemy under his feet, to bring justice to the oppressed, to rule the nations in peace and righteousness and joy forevermore. And what we need more than anything is to share, to participate in Christ and his work. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 16. The cup of blessing that we bless, is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? The bread that we break, is it not a participation in the body of Christ? This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus Christ, your only Son, our Lord, to be our prophet, priest, and king. I pray that this happy Christmas morning, we would share, participate in Christ and in his body and blood as we come together at the Lord's table. We ask these things in Jesus' name, amen and amen. In 1745, John and Charles Wesley published a hymn book, we have a hymn book here, and I think there's around 600 hymns, 700 hymns in our, in our hymn books, some responsive readings, but they published a hymn book titled Hymns for the Lord's Supper, an entire hymnal of hymns devoted solely to the purpose of being sung at the Lord's table. There were 166 hymns for the Lord's Supper. It was the largest collection of hymns for the Lord's Supper that I know of ever to be published in church history. And in these hymns, we find that Christ's prophetic, royal, and priestly offices are a recurring theme. In hymn number 17, the Wesleys approach the Lord's table as the place where we meet Christ, who is both God and man, the prophet from heaven who speaks in righteousness. Who is this that comes from far, clad in garments dipped in blood? Strong, triumphant traveler, is he man or is he God? I that speak in righteousness, son of God and man I am, mighty to redeem your race, Jesus 
is your Savior's name. In hymn number five, the Wesleys praise Christ as the eternal priest who extends his sacrifice through the bread and wine of the Lord's Supper. O thou eternal victim slain, a sacrifice for guilty man, by thee eternal spirit made an offering in the sinner's stead. Our everlasting priest thou art, and pleads thy death for sinners now. Thy offering still continues new. Thy vesture keeps its bloody hue. Thou stands the ever-slaughtered lamb. Thy priesthood still remains the same. Thy years, O God, can never fail. Thy goodness is unchangeable. The Wesleys go on in hymn 46 to praise Christ as the greater Aaron and the greater Melchizedek. And if you weren't here for that sermon, you're at a little bit of a disadvantage. But we learn that Aaron and Melchizedek were types of the one to come. The Wesleys say how richly is the table stored of Jesus, our redeeming Lord. Melchizedek and Aaron join to furnish out the feast divine. Aaron, for us, the blood hath shed. Melchizedek bestows the bread to nourish this and that to atone. And both the priests in Christ are one. Jesus appears to sacrifice the flesh and blood himself supplies. Entered the veil his death to plead and blesses all our souls and feeds. Tis here he meets the faithful line, sustains us with his bread and wine. We feel the double graces given and gladly urge our way to heaven. That's one of my favorite lines. He meets us here. He sustains us with the bread and wine. We feel the double graces given and gladly urge our way to heaven. As the priest king Melchizedek fed Abraham with the bread and wine, Christ our priest king feeds us with his body and blood in the bread and wine of the Lord's Supper. In hymn 43, the Wesleys expect to meet Christ the king at his royal table. O come thou heavenly guest and purify my breast. Come thou great and glorious king, while before thy cross I bow. With thyself salvation bring, cleanse the house by entering now. As King David fed Mephibosheth, that dead dog, at his table always, King Jesus feeds us poor sinners with the spiritual food and spiritual drink of the Lord's Supper and makes us clean by his body. And blood. The Wesleys go on in hymn 93 to recognize that the Lord's Supper is an anticipation of that marriage supper of the Lamb that we looked at in our children's book this morning. That day when the heavenly King is going to come the second time to welcome us who know Him into His unending kingdom of righteousness, peace, and joy. Come, let us join with one accord who share the supper of the Lord. Our Lord and Master's praise to sing, nourished on earth with living bread. We now are at his table fed. 
But wait to see our heavenly king, to see the great invisible without a sacramental veil, with all his robes of glory on, in rapturous joy and love and praise, him to behold with open face, high on his everlasting throne. The wine which doth his passion show, we soon with him shall drink it new, in yonder dazzling courts above, admitted to the heavenly feast, we shall his choicest blessings taste and banquet on his richest love. We soon the midnight cry shall hear, Arise and meet the bridegroom near. The marriage of the Lamb is come, attended by his heavenly friends. The glorious King of saints descends to take his bride in triumph home. Since I've been at the church, since I came in January, I've mentioned the Lord's Supper in several of my sermons, but I've never preached a communion sermon. And you might be wondering why Christmas Sunday, of all Sundays, to preach a communion sermon and to read all of these hymns on the Lord's table. Well, the answer really is is quite simple. The word Christmas literally means the Lord's Supper on Christ's day. For as long as Christmas has been celebrated, the central act of worship and celebration on Christmas Day is at the Lord's table. Christ miss is a compound of two words, Christ and mass. And when Latin rather than English was the major language in the Western world, the final words that were spoken every week at the Lord's Supper were ite missa est which means go, it is finished, or it is sent. It was a simple dismissal of sending into the world. Misa, or mass, simply means sent. And over time, the Lord's Supper began to be referred to simply as the mass, or the sending, because when we get up from that Lord's table, we are sent into the world on mission to proclaim the good news of happiness that is to all people. But you know, that's really beyond the point this morning. The point this morning is simply to say that we celebrate Christmas every December 25th because the church set aside this day to celebrate his birth. And the church set it apart primarily as a time to share the Lord's Supper. Why is it that the Lord's Supper is so central to the church's Christmas celebration? If we stop and take time to think about the meaning of Christmas on the one hand and the meaning of the Lord's Supper on the other, it becomes clear. First, Christmas is a celebration of the Son's incarnation in a physical body. And this is what is signified at the Lord's Supper when we partake of the physical bread and wine. At Christmas, the invisible, eternal Son of God took on a body that Mary could hold. It was a body that could be seen and touched. And in the Lord's Supper, the Son offers his body and blood in bread and wine that we can see, touch, taste, and smell. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is truth incarnate. And Tim Chester said that the Lord's Supper is truth we can touch. 
A sacrament is a visible sign of God's grace and goodwill towards us. And at Christmas, a celebration of the invisible God made visible. There is no more fitting time than to administer the visible sign of the Lord's Supper. Secondly, at Christmas, the Son took a body so that he could shed his blood for our sins. And at the Lord's table, Christ says, this is my body, this is my blood poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. At Christmas, the Son took a body that he might shed out his blood for our sins. And at the Lord's table, Christ says, this is my body, this is my blood poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Although Christ didn't only come to die, his death on the cross was a central reason for his coming. Bethlehem leads to Calvary. The cradle leads to the cross. There is a fundamental unity between the incarnation and the atonement. And that is what we proclaim when we commune at Christmas. At Christmas, Christ took a body to bear your curse. And our text says that you can participate in that body in the bread of the Lord's table. His little infant heart was made to pump the blood that would wash away your sins. And our text this morning says that you can participate in his blood through the cup of the Lord's table. The one who came down from heaven at Christmas has promised to come down even now by his eternal spirit in the bread and wine of the Holy Supper. On this feast of our Lord's nativity, there is no better way to celebrate the coming of our prophet, priest, and king than by gathering here around his body and blood. As we prepare to feast together at the Lord's table, let us stand together at this time and confess our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. And during the Lord's Supper, we're going to be singing 277, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Let us confess our faith together. Thank you for listening to the Holy Joy Sermon Podcast. Our labors for a holy, happy church are supported by generous listeners like you. Please pray about partnering with us at holyjoys.org forward slash donate.